0: What's going on my beautiful Rose Betches, it is thy Edward, we are coming at ya, we are here July 13th, how the hell are ya, hope all is well, it's just me today, Lynn's off doing motherly duties, but we're here, we're pumped, Katie's episode 6, lots to talk about, lots to uh, discuss, lots to go over, I got so many thoughts and opinions, I've been silent for weeks, which you have all let me know, so thank you for the DMs and the concerns, I'll let you know where I was at at the end of the episode, but we are here and we're recapping Katie's episode. You know how it's going to go. Tonight I have some thoughts on episode 6. If you didn't watch it, go ahead and watch. Some overall Bachelor Nation thoughts, some ratings talk, some segments, best dress, worst dress, and some future looking Bachelor Nation news. So, I am here. I am with you. Settle in, get your coffee. If it's nighttime, get your little uh, get your little beverageino. A little wine, whatever you're doing, let's have a drink together. All right, I'm with you for the next couple minutes. We're going to recap this beautiful shit show of an episode in this show that we love. And Katie Thrustin, we're thirsting. All right, so it starts off. Okay, we're going to get right into it. I have a huge issue with this ban. So it starts off Katie's talking Taisha and Caitlin. And out of nowhere, I think it was out of nowhere. I'm going to ask a lot of questions today. So if you're not driving, if you could just go ahead and um, either DM me, podcast on Instagram, or, like, write them down in your notes app and, like, let me know later the answers to these, that would be great. I got no producer and no co-host. But my question is, like, where did this ban of no self-pleasuring come from? She calls it a, wa- a wow-wow, a wo-wo, W-O-W-O, week, off, blank. Off, You can guess what that stands. She puts the ban on the men. And I don't really understand why. Okay. Also, but like beyond it, what did this add? I'm being serious right now. What did this add to the show? Is the drama and is the storyline like that weak that we have to put in this superficial kind of trivial like what's the word I'm looking for? Like it's it, uh, immature. I don't know. Like little kid like oh a week without it like uh now I know there's this whole movement shout out Seinfeld like behind it. I'm just saying like why. And also p- other side of my brain like I think it show like that's been a question. All right, earmuffs. That's been a question for a couple seasons now. Like these guys and gals when they're on the bachelor are going months or weeks Making out with the guy, hot and heavy. Ben Higgins used to get really excited, if you know what I mean. Shout out that episode. Like, what happens? They just are gonna be all horned up for all six weeks and nothing happens. So clearly this answered that. But like now I now I want to know more, like from contestants. But I don't want to spend too much time on it. Like, what did you seriously, what did you guys think about this wow wow? Um, it led to a funny conversation with Blake Maynays. Like, that was very funny later in the episode. But I just don't understand why she, A, implemented it. B, it was the big focal point of the episode. And, like, C, like, I, I feel like Caitlyn and Tasha were like, what? Okay, do your thing, girl. All right. I, I, don't, I don't have much to say other than I was confused. And I know, I'm sure there was more behind it, but I was just very confused at why she put the ban in. And honestly, I want to know more details. And I really want to know what you guys think. Uh, consensus is from the internet, it was weird. There's also people saying, like, oh, go, you do it. Yeah, way to go. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm done talking about it. It was weird. What did you guys think? Rose podcast on Instagram. Um, all right, One on One. Now, you guys know where I'm going with this. Our boy Franco was back. Franco the photographer, friend of the program. We interviewed him a couple episodes ago. If I might say, and I am probably very biased, one of the more fun times I've had interviewing people on Rosebud's. We're over like 130 episodes. Franco, me and Lynn did him a couple weeks ago. Um, A lot of fun. So go back and listen to our episode with Franco. He gave us a lot of insight. Now, I say all that because a lot of people on the internet were poo-pooing the wedding photography date. They're over it. They don't want to see it anymore. It's a little forced. Now, I say all that. It's like, all right, we'll just change up the date. Franco came on this podcast. And told us he has free creative reigns for his segments. So clearly Franco, like, loves the photography date. I think to us as the casual viewer, we see it as, all right, we've been there, done that, move on to the next one. That's kind of like where we're at in the world right now. Like, all right, get it. But to Franco, knowing how deep of an individual he is, he thinks there's something special about the, photo- the wedding date. And... That's why I think he keeps going back to it. Not because it's easy, because I really think, like, for example, when we had him on the pod, when we did Taysha and Zach, they were the last photography date, I think, uh, wedding photography date. He, he was like, I got to know them. I knew everything about them. I could tell the way they looked at each other, blah, blah, blah. So there's a, re- what I'm trying to say is there is a reason the wedding photography date keeps happening with Franco. So for everyone, and Robert Mills including, who's poo-pooing the wedding photography date, I mean, you got to bring that up with Franco himself. Am I over it? Yes, because I watch the show as a viewer. And the casual viewer has already seen this. So we want something new. I still want Franco. I just don't want the wedding dress photography date. That all being said, one of my favorite parts of the episode happened tonight. And it was the ugly green couch they were both sitting on in the middle of the woods. Did you guys know? It was like... A a couch that's in the good room of your house that you're not allowed in unless it's Christmas or Easter. And they just put it in, like, the middle of the New Mexico drug-ridden woods. Shout out that drug show. I forget what it's called. Breaking Bad. Um, Loved it. It also kind of reminded—first of all, that green was putrid green. That was the ugly—I love green. Kelly green, one of the best colors in the world. Lime green, regular green. But whatever the hell that green color is, I had a real issue with. Like, if you're going to put a fancy couch in the middle of nowhere, don't look like you got it off Craigslist from some college stoner. I mean, that's what the hell this couch looked like. And honestly, the way it was placed in the woods reminded me of, like, a couch that, like, <laughs> is in, like, a college base. Like, like like it was in the basement, and they brought it outside once it got gross. It's the couch you went on to make out with. Like, at a high school party or, or a college party. And I know you're like, Eddie, shut the F up about the couch. But the couch guys rubbed me the wrong way. Aphrodite dresses rubbed me the wrong way. This ugly green couch in the middle of the woods rubbed me the wrong way. Was there a reason for it? Was it setting the mood? Did Franco pick it out? Did it match someone's freaking eyelashes? I don't fucking know. Excuse my language. I'm fired up. But I had a real problem with the ugly green couch. Also, a very hilarious moment of the night was when Franco was try I truly and again from the episode I truly believe Franco was genuinely trying to be helpful with Justin. Genuinely give him advice when he was talking to him. However, did you guys realize what he said? He's like, don't worry about it. Just say something marvelous, iconic, something she's never heard before. Imagine Franco, that's not helping. That's raising the situation. Okay, if I'm about to, like, do something, I'm very nervous and someone says, say something iconic, say something she's never heard before, say something marvelous like shit, man. Well, now I'm going to get all tense. I'm going to get writer's block. It's not going to be creative. You're like, come up with the best idea ever. It's not a big. It's no big deal. It's no big deal. Come up with the best idea. Say something marvelous. Say something beautiful. It's like Katie, like Franco. I'm sure we will have Franco on the podcast at some point again in the future. I will be asking him. Mark my words, ladies, I will be asking him why he put that much pressure on Justin. Um, last thing about the thing, I first of all I need a more Franco, right? Um, when they exchange the vows, there's nothing better than Franco in his element. I truly mean that. When he was on that one date running in the woods with the paintball, loved it. Now, they are um ex- exchanging vows, which was weird. Um they're smushing the cake, which was weird. But Franco was all up in their shit getting the shot. He'll do anything for the shot. Freaking love you, Franco. Okay, then we get to the nighttime part of it. And, like, there's always something with these dates. She said it was a hard time. Which I get this. It was a hard time for her. um, Because, oh, I think I just answered my question. So, she said it was a hard—that date was hard for her because, like, her dad, I guess, is dead. And, like, the biological father conversation, this was heavy shit, man. Like, oh, my God. I, I don't even know how I would react. If I was sitting there and she was like, my dad's dead, but then, like, I found out he wasn't my biological father, that's heavy, heavy shit. Heavy shit. Now, I realize—I think we do these wedding dates, wedding dress dates, because clearly Katie had a story with the dad and the and the um, biological dad. I think Zach and Tasha Zach was married before, I believe, and he had a hard time because it was bringing back a ton of memories. So maybe... They, here we go. Maybe they do these wedding dress dates like on purpose, you know, to try to get that emotionality out of them. I think that's a real possibility. I think I just answered my question. Shout out me. Um. All right, so to put a wrap on this episode, Justin obviously gets the rose. Very good looking. Um... Main question, when they were at the nighttime part of it, he gets the rose, they have a singer there, and the singer's name was just Max, all capital letters, M-A-X. I have a question, who the hell is Max? Like, seriously, who the hell was this guy? I had to Google him, and there's not even, when you go on his Wikipedia, there's not that much. He was on a couple singing shows, I guess he has a popular song on radio, he's on iHeartRadio, he's 29, is he American, I think, but he's, like, on the Australian, like, pop charts. I have no idea. Phenomenal voice. I'm not poo-pooing the voice. Voice of an angel. Loved it. But who the hell is he? Who the hell is Max? Like, one of these days, I just want them to get, like, someone super famous. Like, I don't know. who's the mo- Who do you think the most famous musician in the world right now is? Justin Bieber, Lady Gaga, Ariana Grande. I guess it's got to be a Tic Tac. TikTok person, is, um, what's the girl with the big butt? Nicki Minaj? No, there's another one. I don't know. Whatever. Um, all right, but that was Justin Franco wedding party date. Now, let's get to the group date with my drag queen all-stars. Now, I loved this date. I'm not even kidding you guys. No bullshit aside, I loved everything about this date. I just didn't like the execution of the date. Does that make sense? Like, I kind of wish I got a little bit more... However, let's break it down. So first things first, I would have been incredible at this group date. If it was a true roast, I would have destroyed these fools. But it wasn't a true roast. It was like a weird, like, guy. some guys did poems, some guys did roasts, some guys flirted with Katie. Like, if it was a roast, it should have been a goddamn roast. But I thought it was very funny that the drag queens, and also I I guess they said on the show, that's the proper term. For drag queens. They're electric. Punchline Philly, which we do shows at, and we're going to be doing shows at again. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Uh, apparently does a drag queen l- brunch, and it's terrific. Um, So, love them. They're super entertaining. And I guess, like, these were the all-star drag queens. Like, these are the... Like, when you think drag queens, it's these two folks. Michael Jordan of drag queens, you know? Um, love them writing with quilt pens. Is it quilt or quill? Quilt, or quill? I think it's quilt. No, oh my god! Anyone? Um, quilt is like fab, like a comforter, like your grandma knits quilt. I think a quill is like what they signed the Declaration of Independence with. Anyway, they use those cool pens. Um, one of the best parts, which I hope you guys are paying attention because like this was a quick part, the eye roll from the drag queen when Greg was reading his poem. Was amazing. Love the drag queens. Love that they gave him shit for that. Um, Hunter saying he's falling in love. So awkward. And then all the guys went in on Hunter. I mean, Hunter was the guy with the fish, right? Night one. This guy's trouble to begin with. I have a huge... Oh, my God. Guys, just wait for best dress, worst dress. I I have some thoughts. And that's all I'm going to say. The pot of gold line was great. Um, I just, I just, Hunter's speech seemed forced, Katie didn't seem into it, the drag queens didn't seem into it, so, um, didn't love that. But, nighttime part of the date is when the episode really starts to move along. I, guys, absolutely love Andrew S. from Austria, the pro football player, loved his confidence. If I was a girl, I would be all in on this guy. When he said, when we kiss, no one kisses like we do or has what we have... Like, yeah, dude. Absolutely love that. I think Andrew S. is here for the right reasons. No other- and Greg also said, like, he doesn't like talking about his relationship with her around other guys, which I respect. So Andrew and Greg, good work, good edits, great line. When we kiss, no one kisses like we do. And then Greg says he's falling for her, and she says it back. Now, this is episode six. I think there's 12 episodes. She says she's falling in love with – or falling for whatever the hell the bullshit line is, they say, um, for Greg. So I'm looking at our little sheet here that Lynn and I go off of, and Lynn wrote Greg in first. So Greg from New Jersey, shout-out him. I guess he's got, like, a cute, like, innocent, childish, like, high school prom date vibe going on. Um so, that's that's the vibe I'm getting. Is he hot, though? Is Greg hot? Is Katie hot? Roosevelt's podcast on Instagram. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't know. I didn't know their pronouns. Shout out, Producer Joe. Um. Now, Hunter reacts. She starts coughing and dry heaving. Like, Did she contract COVID in the middle of this date, or was she just like, I'm over this? Hunter had to have known he was done, right? He had to have known it. So, um, absolutely love that she did not give out the group Dame knows, you know, power of the woman. She's not letting them do self-pleasure, and she is not giving out roses. That's what we want. The year of the woman. 2021. Shout out, Katie. Love you. Um, okay. And then the episode takes a turn with the Connor 101 date. Now, we all love Connor, I think. Um, Catman from episode one. Nashville music teacher, or just Nashville teacher. I mean... Okay, I have a lot of thoughts before the breakup. Katie's—now listen up, folks. Katie's whole issue with um, Connor was she didn't know if it was romantic enough. She didn't know if it was, like, too friend zony. okay? Which I get. I get. However, why would you then do a double date with Caitlyn and Jason Tardick that is rooted in fun, Okay. The cornhole, the pool games, the grilling. Like, this ain't a romantic date. You already—I was kind of nervous. You already know you have—you can do these things with Connor. Do you guys know what I mean? Like, Katie clearly had established, hey, I can do a barbecue with him. I can have fun with him. But can I be romantic with him? They should have done a very forced romantic date, like hot air balloons, feeding each other chocolate strawberries, something sexual. Like, you know, this, this show does really romantic dates sometimes. And this was not one of them. I loved it. I loved the date. I'm not poo pooing the date, but if Katie's thing was, I don't know if I can be romantic with this guy, then why do a date rooted in friendship? And not fair to put him with a couple that's engaged and clearly like going to spend the rest of their lives with each other, maybe, when you were still getting to know him. I, I just didn't think it put Connor in a fair position to succeed, is what. Well. And maybe that was the point. I'm answering a lot of my own questions tonight. Maybe that was the point. But I did love how quick he was with the dad jokes. I mean, abs- when, and, and Jason, genuinely, you could tell Jason was like, oh my god, that was so quick. When he was like, uh, the sushi dad jokes, fishy and rice, very funny. I think dad jokes, girls, dad jokes are just great, right? I mean, a good old pun, you can't beat it. I mean, and he he knew it on demand. So... I don't think Connor was set up for success with this date which leads to the breakup. Um and he dude when he when he opened the door he knew cuz he looked at her like why the hell aren't you dressed fancy? I'm dressed in a suit. You're dressed in like jeans and a crop top, sweatpants, sweatshirt thing. So I think he knew. Um this was tough, man. I think this was the first tough breakup. So Oh, you feel for the guy. I think he played it right. I'm sure he's on Paradise. I think it's filming now. Um, What did you think of her reason for breaking up? I thought it was super interesting. When we kiss, something's missing. That's a a man, if you hear... Oh, my God. But then it led to, like, how bad at kissing am I? Hilarious. So it was tough to see him cry. It's tough seeing men cry in general. They just, you know, in general, I think it is um it's tough seeing anyone cry but tough breakup it hit me it hit me I think it hit her and I think she knew like shit this is where also in the real world would she had broken up with him already like no you, you you see like all right can we get can we get a little further can we get a little further but when she said when we kiss something is missing that is that is a tough line to hear that is that is a tough line to hear and then when he went to say goodbye to the guys, I mean, this is this was Drama City. I'm glad they kept all this shit in. This was the b- best part of the episode, in my opinion. Saddest part, but best part. Saying it was worth it. Um, You know, Trey. Do you remember Trey was even crying? Boy, Connor. What did you think of Connor going home? Do we like Connor? Who do we want to see Connor with in Bachelor Nation? He needs, like, a good girl. Like, my girl. The blonde-haired girl from Peter season. Kelsey, my love. Love you. Um... I could see Connor and her getting along. She's, like, kind of mellow, Midwest. He's, like, quirky, hot, both hot. Who else in Bachelor Nation could you see Catman Connor with? Rosebud's podcast. On the DMs. Now, this led to a great part of the night. Blake, then, five, okay, five minutes, not even five minutes, honestly. Probably three minutes after breaking up with Connor. She's in tears. Connor's going home. Connor's saying goodbye to the dudes. Then we hear music playing. Now, guys, at this, did you, did you? Let me know if you agree with this. At this moment, when I heard music playing, because remember, she was supposed to go on a nighttime date with him, but then canceled it. I thought they had already hired, like, a musician or a band, and they were just playing outside of her room. And it was like, well, shit, we got we, we got a contract with this band. We got to get them their airtime. Like, we're just going to play the music, which would have been great. But no, it was Blake Maynays showing up holding the boombox over his head, like John Cusack. In that movie. What, move, what movie was that? It's like an iconic 80's movie. Where he's holding the boombox over his head. Is that Breakfast Club? Oh boy. You guys are probably screaming <laughs> right now. What movie was that where the guy holds. John C- I think it's John Cusack. Holds the boombox over his head. It's probably a John Hughes movie. Also speaking of John Cusack. What's he been up to? I have not seen John Cusack in a movie. Since like. That jury movie. Okay. It's tough when there's no one here. But I know you guys are, like, screaming at me. So I'll continue to move on. Um, What did we... Okay, now, what did we think of this moment from Blake Mayonnaise? It's... Guys, Blake Mayonnaise is going far. I don't know spoilers, but, like... He's into sex. She's into sex. So, like, they have such passionate... Chemistry. That was rude. They have very passionate... And you can tell it's not lust. It's, like... It's, like almost love when you watch them kiss like it is intense and you just didn't see that with Connor so like we quickly quickly moved on from Connor Blake Maynay shows up comforts her with the music the John Cusack music um, I, I just get like Blake says he's she feels like he's gonna be her f- fiance but then guys did you notice that Blake put the do not disturb sign on the door so did they have some time together or was that like later in the night and they edited it to it when Blake was back in his own room? Lots to think. But I think Greg Oh, here's another thing. There's clearly Greg and Blake Maynay, she had strong relationship for feelings for. Blake Maynays, you can see it. Blake uh, Greg she told. However, do you guys agree with me that their relationships could not be more different? Like, Blake is a sexual sensual relationship. Greg's is like a deeply connective relationship that I think is, maybe Greg, Greg is, I think Blake is peaking too soon. That's it. Remember, I'm all about the timing of this. I think Greg's like starting to ascend where Blake Mayonnaise is already there. So, um, I also want to know how Blake of all people got to go to her room, little editing, like did Blake go to producers, the producers go to Blake how they come up with the boombox? How do they get the music rights for that song? I have so many questions. But that was interesting. (sighs) All right. One more part, and then we have segments. Then we get to the rose ceremony. She pulls Hunter aside to talk. Now, I loved that she pulled him aside to talk as a good mix-up. Because at this moment, I had to watch this live because my basement's 1,000 degrees, so I can't watch it on the DVR. Um, So I watched it in my room on live TV. And it was like 9... Like, 48, and the rose ceremony hadn't started yet. I'm like, oh, something's going down. Boom, she pulls Hunter aside. Um, Don't know really what they talked about. Like, that's the thing. They pull them aside. We see a little bit of the conversation, but we don't see the whole thing. So, as such, she pulls Hunter aside. The guys are like, what? She brought the rose with them. Love the added dr- drama there, because the guys are like, oh, my God, she got the rose. Like, what is she going to do? I don't know. <laughs> um. So, then it goes Blake, Andrew, Greg, Michael... Michael A. and then Mike P. and then uh, Brendan. So going home was Hunter, Trey, and the Box Man. Um, it's tough. Michael A. is the man who we thought was creepy that now everyone's loving. I'm all in on Michael A. Someone um at work said they think he's going to leave for his son. So that's a that's an interesting one. And then. Mike P., the virgin, he I guarantee you he goes home next week. I don't know anything. I don't know spoilers, but why is this guy still around? Blake and Andrew and Greg I'm hot on. And then Justin got the rose at the beginning. So, and I think someone else went home. Didn't, uh, oh, God, someone else went home. You guys are going to kill me. I'm sorry. Aaron. I think Aaron went home last night, too. So, goodbye, Aaron. So, Justin, Blake, Andrew, Greg, Michael A., Mike P. I think hometowns are going to be Blake, Greg, Andrew, and I want to see, oh, maybe she keeps Michael A. so we get the kid involved. Whenever they do hometown dates and there's kids involved, electric, absolutely electric. So what do you guys think of the episode? Let's do segments, all right? I got Walt Whitman. I got Best Dress, Worst Dress. I got Ratings and Bachelor Nation News. Um, but before that, it is summer. We are beaching, and we are reading. So today's podcast, quickly, don't fast forward, is brought to you by Audible. Get your free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash rosebuds. Over 180,000 titles to choose from on your iPhone, Android, or Kindle MP3 player. Um, Not out on Audible yet, but there's this author, Becky Dornstein. She's from Narberth, PA. I randomly read her book. I got it in the Nar This is now an ad for Becky. (laughs) I don't know her personally at all, but she is a great author. Um, from the corner to the Oval Office or corner of the Oval Office. Now, I know you're thinking it's a political book. It's not. I bought this in Newark Airport. She was a stenographer for Obama, and it's all about, like, the social life of her young 20s working in Washington, D.C., who she hooked up with, how she was involved with people, the gossip, the drama, the drinking, the partying, but, like, not, like, dirty. Like, it was great, great, entertaining. Talk about a beach read. I was flipping that shit all summer long. Um, why did I bring this up? Oh, because books, right. And she just came out with a new book called Rock the Boat, which, so, <laughs> that is my way of saying when it comes out on Audible, you know I will be listening to it. Um, so, for you listeners of Rosebuds, Audible is offering a free audiobook download and 30 day free trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service, slash rosebuds, slash rosebuds. All right, Walt Whitman Poetry Hour. Hunter, early in the episode, I'm going to beat these guys' asses and win ladies' hearts. Put that shit on a t-shirt. I could see that being sold at, like, a bar in Texas. I'm going to beat these guys' asses and win ladies'. I'm sorry, I stereotyped with my accent there. But, you know, I would wear that shirt. I mean, I could see a guy, you know, drinking a thousand yinlings, like, rocking that out. I could see that. And then the only other quote I have, because I have a slew of best-dress, worst-dress, is, God, how bad of a kisser am I, Connor? I mean, that's just funny. I don't think you're a bad kisser. I think she just didn't feel connected to you, bud, if that means anything. I'm sure you're a great kisser. Um, I also want to know what it's like to, like, it, it's at the point now, I think she told the dry queens this, like, she's now kissing every day multiple people. Like, that's not, well, maybe, that's not, like, normal life. Maybe it is, but, like, is that hard to get used to when you go back to the normal life? Not if she's engaged. Okay, I take that back. All right, best dress, worst dress. Now, st- Need to know what you think. I have guys comments and I have girls comments. I liked her Justin dress and shoes combo. Um, Think way back in the episode. It was like a floral dress. I think that's a sundress. I'm not really sure. Um, But she had like sneakers on and it was cute. Didn't love Justin's daytime outfit. I loved the tight jeans. They weren't super tight but they were tight. But then he ruined it with the bagginess of his upper garments. Comment number one. What did we think of her wedding dress? Okay. You know, I'm a wedding dress expert. I've been to Kleinfeld's. Shout out Lynn. Shout out everyone that doesn't think that I know what Kleinfeld's is. I do. I've been there. I've been in it. Um, I liked her wedding dress. However, a little bit risky with the pearls in the back of the dress. Did you guys notice, like, the back, like, near her chicken bone was, like, the strap was, like, pearls, multiple pearls, like, Honey, one of those comes undone on on real wedding day? I mean, you're kind of done, right? Do you guys agree? The pearl? It was cute, but risky. Risky, risky, risky. What, like... Okay, I'll wait for Lynn. I was going to ask about wedding dresses, but maybe we'll have a whole episode on that. Because I just don't get it. I don't get wedding dresses. They look so uncomfortable, so expensive... I'm not saying I'm against them like ball out. It's your day girl, on your wedding dress, like ball out. Get the wedding dress you want. But then also, you're at these weddings and you're dancing your ass off and you see the poor girls with the strapless dress always pulling them up, always stepping on them. I feel like one sneeze, the dress rips, the the dress rips. I don't know. That's that's my take on wedding dresses. Okay, her nighttime black sparkly dress with Justin, loved it. Little risky. She looked really hot, like temperature and and attractiveness, <laughs> but she looked really hot in it, but I love that. Her group date outfit, okay. It was, like, gold sparkly strapless. At first, in the sunlight, I hated it. I literally started writing down, hate, hate, hate. But then when we went inside, I loved it. So I think the lighting didn't help her out. Also, tan lines didn't help her, but, like, tan lines are kind of cool. I love tan lines. I got mean ones going on right now from baseball, but, um... Tan lines, I know, for girls are a sensitive topic, I believe. I remember, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this publicly, but if you're listening right now, shout out you guys. When Lynn was right about to get married, like, weeks before, it was in the summer, she got married in October, she would only wear, like, stra- strapless, like, shirts and dresses because she didn't want tan lines for her wedding dress. So I get it. It's a real thing, folks. I understand. Some more best dress, worst dress. I absolutely loved her bathing suit outfit. It was the bathing suit. It was jean shorts. Um, and then she had like a, what was her top? I don't know, but I just, and it was open, like flaunting her body. Loved it. Great for a barbecue day, pool party. Um, but again, I, the, her outfit on that day date was overlooked by like, your friend zoning this guy. Why are we giving him the fun date? And then her Rose, Ger- Rose Ceremony dress. Absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved it. She looked stunning. Did you guys like... So all of her wardrobe... That's my way of saying all of her outfits tonight I enjoyed. As a heterosexual man, because I know you're wondering, I enjoyed all of her outfits. But what did you guys think? Now, two guy comments. One, Hunter's Rose Ceremony white jacket. No, no, no. No, Hunter, know the situation. It's not your wedding night, okay? And even if it was, you have to get explicit permission from your wife to wear white. He wore white the night he got sent home. He looked like he was at a high school prom. He looked like he was at a high school graduation. Hunter, wearing white, I would have sent you home, I would have sent your ass home just for wearing white. No, Hunter. Read the room. Don't wear white when you're about to get sent home. You should wear red like you're bleeding, I mean, did anyone else have a massive issue with him wearing white? Like, not the time or place, Hunter. And it was too boxy. Get a goddamn suit and jacket that fits you, you boxy fish-loving freak. Okay. On the opposite, Trey's leopard jacket. Uh, loved it. Obviously, I could never wear that. Poor Trey got sent home. But I absolutely loved his leopard jacket. I think it matched him well. I think it brought out the color in his eyes. Love Trey's. Love Trey. R.I.P. Trey. I hope he's on Paradise. I also can't wait. I'm so excited for Paradise. August 15th. Um, all right. Ratings. Now, oh, man. Ratings are, like, so down. So down. So this was one of the more popular episodes. 3.5 million, which was up from 3.0 last week. Each week has been in the 3 millions. This was up 20%. Now, the week before was 4th of July week, so I don't think you can, like, call like, Of course that's going to be low. But 3.5 million people are watching this. Like, remember, like, Colton C's got eight. Like, God, this show. Now, again, someone DM me this. I need to be clear. These ratings don't include, like, people that stream. It's just literally people that watch it on good old-fashioned cable television. So if you're watching on YouTube TV or streaming on the Internet or Hulu, this does not count for that. Okay? Um... Still, though, it's not super hot. Like, not a million other people are streaming it. So 3.5 million. uh, Down a lot. So we shall see. That's what I got. Okay, where the hell was I? You know, guys, it's summer. I'm traveling. All right, it's hot. I'm coaching a lot of baseball. I, I do sincerely apologize. I don't think I realized, like, missing three weeks in the middle of the season, how much you guys, quite frankly, would care, to be honest. But the DMs, the email, like, tech, like text messages, like where the hell – is everything okay? Are you guys all right? Yes, everything's fine. Lynn's dealing – Lynn's being a mother, so um, guys, you know, just keep her – keep her, in the, give her good intentions. That's all. And um, I'm sorry. I was traveling and coaching baseball. I don't know what else to say. I have nothing else juicier to tell you. I'm living my life, okay? But the fact that you guys reached out, we're like where the hell are you, makes me realize, like, I can't do that again. I can't just see you guys. I had to turn off Instagram uh, – Instagram notifications, just because like I couldn't, de- I just needed, I don't know if I needed a break. I didn't need a break. Because um, I love doing this. I think I just was like, alright, I'm traveling and coaching baseball. I want to focus on that. Um, and then when I opened up Instagram, holy Jesus. <laughs> so, I am so- I- I genuinely am sorry. I love you guys. Please don't kill me. If your friends are like, screw these guys. I went three weeks without an episode. Invite them back. Let them know that like baseball has taken over my life. Also, if you know any 11-year-old 11 through 17-year-old in the Philadelphia area that wants to be like AAU travel baseball, sliding my DMs. We're having a great time. I'm coaching 13-year-olds. Not that you asked. Tough age to coach. Love these kids. Um, and I'm traveling, living my life, meeting people, doing my thing. Okay? But I'm here for you betches. All right? I will never abandon ship. Okay? I am like the Titanic. I'm going down with it. I'm not like the coward that abandoned his ship. Okay? Women and children. You're my women and children. Okay? I'm your captain. I'm the captain now. All right. That's what I got. We'll be back next week. Hopefully, Lynn's back. Nothing urgent, but um, I just wanted to get an episode out for you guys. I love it. What are you guys thinking of the of this year? Um, I don't love it. I don't hate it. It's just tough because I am so freaking excited for Paradise, to be quite frank. Um, I'm super excited for Paradise. So tell your friends. Tell your mother. Tell your brother. Love you. Rosebobes Rose podcast on Instagram. No one, you know. I haven't asked for a while. If you want to leave a review on Apple, that'd be great. We'll see you betches next week. Enjoy the summer. Flaunt that bikini bod. Wear those cheeky thongs. Do whatever the hell you want. I'll see you next week, Looney Tunes. This is Patty Coe, and you're listening to Rosebuds with Uncle Eddie and Mommy.